Hey guys, in today's episode, Michelle and I talk about the importance of representation in the media. We discuss our thoughts on the lack of diversity, talk about effects of stereotypes in TV and movies, and we even share some funny stories along the way. We hope this episode makes you think, laugh, and helps to spark important conversations of your very own. This is a shot of melanin. What we're going to do right here is go back, way back, back <laughs> in the time. And I hope somebody out here caught that reference of Black Street song. And if not, that's yes. okay. Go look it up. It's a good song in it. So the year 2015, of all top feature films of that year, 86% featured white actors as lead roles. When the nominations were being announced, a woman by the name of April Rain tweeted, Oscar is so white, they asked to touch my hair. And that tweet quickly went viral on Black Twitter, and it quickly became a social justice campaign for diversity in television and film. So, Michelle, yes. today we're going to talk about hashtag Oscar so white. We're going to talk about diversity in Hollywood. So my question to you is, what do you think about the Oscar so white campaign and do you think that it helped to change the representation of diversity in media right now in 2020? I think it did. I think it was a great way to call out the system of um, of the creative world. So when you're dealing with actors, actresses, um, writers, producers, directors, I think it was a great way to call them out on it. And I have seen some change i mean you know how the the saying goes rome wasn't built in a day mm -hmm. right so i i do see some changes happening for example um we're seeing black movies and i'm talking black movies outside of the context of tyler perry okay mm -hmm. so we're talking about like white directors now casting on more black leads and um, writers and executive producers and all that sort of stuff. So mm -hmm. I do see that happening. I, I saw for the first time, I can't remember for the life of me, and I was trying to find it. Um, there was a movie that came out with, which was an all Asian cast. Oh, um, Crazy Rich Asians. That's it. That's it. That's, yeah. geez, it took me forever to figure out <laughs> i didn't even know what to write in google it's like asian movie and then they give me a whole bunch of asian movies like well that didn't help <laughs> thanks for nothing siri <laughs> so i do i do think it has helped i do think we have a long um a long way to go mm -hmm. um where it's going to be the norm i almost feel and this is just my personal um opinion and views on it I do think, like I said, it's a great that we're seeing a movement going from solely a white cast, mm -hmm. uh, white production team to more diverse. I kind of feel like if nothing was said about it, it would have just continued. And oh, that's where I'm just kind of like, so y'all never saw a problem that there was more people like y'all in the room. Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, so we had to call you out. For you to finally change? Yeah. Imagine if we never created the hashtag Oscar So White. Yeah. 
Think about it. None of these things would have been addressed and then we wouldn't have been seeing the diversity that we're and the representation that we're seeing now. So I'm kind of like sigh-eyeing the, them. Yes, I'm happy on one end for sure. I'm always going to be happy to see representation because it's great. But on the other hand, I'm, all, I'm, I'm side-eyeing you. I'm judging you. As mm-hmm. Lovia Ajayi says, I'm judging you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. It's true. It's true. It's like <laughs> they would have continued. It's one of those things where I guess they either didn't see it or they saw it and they're like, mm, we don't need yeah. to change. Like, is it like they don't care or they're comfortable with it or yeah. what have you? What about you? What do you think? I feel like, yeah, it's made a big difference because as I was doing research um, before this episode, I looked up the Hollywood Diversity Report uh, from 2020. And it says that now 27.6% of lead roles were uh, featuring people of color. 27.6. Okay, obviously, that doesn't What was it before? <laughs> it, it was, uh, I think it was like 14% or something. Okay, it went so up. It but... Yeah, it was 14%. It increased from 14 to 27.6 in five years. Okay. That's not a lot, but it's something. That's why, at yeah. Point, it's like you got to kind of grab onto whatever you can get, right? Uh, pretty much. Um, but, so, but it's true what you were saying. It's interesting. If that hashtag had not have happened, what would have happened? And it, it shows you the power of a social media, and it shows you the power of one person. It was just one person, right? Who was sitting, right. watching the nominations, being like, "Man, this is a mess." Let me write this at a funny little thing. Oh, ask so why they asked me to touch hair. And then other people started retweeting, replying, Oscar so white, they did blah, 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 whatever. And then it became this big viral thing, right? Mm -hmm. So it's like, when you see something wrong, this is what this has taught me. If you see something wrong, speak up. Yeah, You have the power to make change as one person. If other people feel the same way as you, but they just don't have the courage or they just never thought to think, uh, to speak out on it, you know? So... I feel like it, it was a good thing that it happened. Are we where we should be? No. Not no. Even we have ways to go on that one. That's yeah. for sure. Um, but I'm with you on that one. You know what it is? It's the courage of speaking out. And it kind of reminds me of also like the Me Too movement. Totally unrelated. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, well, one person says something and then everybody kind of like, yeah, like they finally get the courage to mm-hmm. jump onto that bandwagon. Yeah, so, and telling stories of, oh, this happened to me, this happened to me. It's exactly. Like, oh, well, you knew that something wrong was going on, but you just didn't feel courageous enough to say something. So right. It's that one outspoken person. Yes, exactly. So I do agree with the whole Oscar story. I'm glad that they got called out. I'm super glad that they got called out. Mm-hmm. Um, I do know, like, you know, it's going to take some time for us to reel some substantial amount of change. Yeah. But totally for it. I mean, because look, they still, they have somebody like Trump in office. You have however many supporters of Trump with that Trump mentality. Right. Those people are not going to be like, yes, we need to have more people of color. And like, no, they, <laughs> they don't care about that. They are represented as white people, well represented. So they don't care. And I think it's also one of those things where, like I said before, is it the fact that they didn't see it? Right. Because they're not part of it. Like as a black person or a person of color, you're aware of it because it's just, it's in your face. It's in your yep. face all day long. It's in your yep. face when you go to work or wherever you go, it's in your face. Yep. But when you're white, I guess that's white privilege too. You don't necessarily see it. So it's not that you wouldn't want to make a change if that presented to you or something, but it's just that you never thought to make the change because it just, it, it never crossed your mind. 
So I don't know if, who knows what their motive was behind all of this crap for all these years, but hopefully there'll be some change with mm-hmm. this little hashtag. So thank mm-hmm. God for Twitter. But um, <laughs> that leads me to my next question because I'm like, really, what makes Hollywood feel so comfortable lacking diversity? Because as of January 2020, 57.7 percent of the U.S. population is white. Okay, so yes, that's more than the majority, but it's 57%. That means that 42.3% of the U.S. population is our people of color. So they're not feeling represented. They are not represented in Hollywood. So why does Hollywood feel so comfortable to leave out that 42.3% of people? What are your thoughts on that one? Mm, That's actually a good question. Um, my mindset behind it more so is just because these major industries. So when you're thinking about Hollywood, you're thinking about all the people that own these establishments. We're talking things like NBC, Disney. Mm-hmm. All. And if you look at the head of the herd, they're all white. Mm-hmm. So they're all going to push a white agenda. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So I think that's why they feel comfortable about it. Maybe some of them are in their own personal bubble and they just think that, well, I could just push anything about us because really it's just all about us when realistically it's not. Um, But I do think because they have such hold on the media that their agendas get pushed. Now, I don't know if it's about being comfortable or that's their agenda. Right. Right. And so they're not thinking about diversity because these are white men or women that hold basically anything that gets produced under, for example, NBC. So you got white guy owns NBC. Anything that gets produced, they're producing it for more so the white people. And I I feel as though when you think of the American dream, you generally think of a white person having it all. So whenever they have like, shows coming out it's all centered around the american dream right right? but they what what that does is it excludes minorities from that american dream right right? so you'll get like the american dream and it's for a white person but then a person of that's that that's like black looks at it and thinks well is that even attainable do i have to be white to be living the american dream yeah so i i don't know if it's about comfortability or this is just a one track mind for them. You know, this is what we're going to pump out. This is the content that we're going to put out. Um, that's my personal thoughts on that. I don't, I could be wrong <laughs> yeah. and definitely challenge that. But that's just my perception yeah. on, on that. I wouldn't say that they're comfortable. I just think that this is their agenda. Yeah, I agree with you on that one. And I feel like it'd be kind of interesting to have a conversation. I know it's kind of stupid because, as you know, I'm mixed. So I'm half black, I'm half white. But I, because I'm half black, I can see that perspective. I could see the other side. I could see how I'm different than everybody else. So I don't have that idea of like white agenda, white, 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 because I'm I'm not that, right? So mm-hmm. I'd like to speak with a white person and understand like, are you what is that agenda what are when you're thinking of that american dream or whatever is it that like i said before do you not think of others because it doesn't cross your mind or it just doesn't apply with to you so you don't care and you're just kind of like yeah 
whatever. Mm. Like I'm going to do me. I'm going to do this. I'm going to push this, this idea out there. Like I'd like to know what goes on in the mind of white people with regards to diversity. Do they just not realize Mm -hmm. (laughs) that there Mm -hmm. are that many other people that are not like them or I don't know, but I'm going to, I'll have to agree with you on that one that they, they, they had, they push this white agenda because that's kind of what their life is. Yeah. It's, it's the producers, the head, if the head is white, you can't expect any diversity come out of somebody who's white. What does a white person know about diversity? I mean, you might know some that, you know, that I don't know, they're married to somebody that's a minority, right? You have maybe, I want to say a few, I wouldn't say it's a majority, maybe a sprinkle of people working at the head may may have some sort of understanding of diversity mm-hmm. or some sort of awareness of diversity. But I feel like for a good majority, and maybe I need my numbers, I ain't got no numbers here, but <laughs> um, majority of these establishments that own the media are owned by white people or being run by white people. So no, you're comes, absolutely right. When it comes to diversity, they won't know anything about that. But my question is, because I'm not and you are not in that situation, I like to also speak with somebody about that. And now, why is it that you have to be in it to see it? You know what I mean? Like, I don't know about you. I can understand, let's say, indigenous uh, issues or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. I'm not native, okay? I'm. That's not part of my culture. That's not part of my history. There's nothing. But, like, I can understand the struggle. I can understand the issues that they still face to this day. Uh, against you know people so why do white people or some white people feel the need sometimes to be a part of it to be like you said have a partner who is a person of color or have a friend or why do you have to be in it to see it why can't you just see it why can't you put yourself in the person's shoes without having to be in their shoes in some form or be associated to someone who are walking who's walking in those shoes it probably depends on the person's environment Right. If you're brought up in a predominantly white area, mm-hmm. you how would you know anything about diversity? Yeah. Yeah. Right. You might get like, I want to count on my fingers amount of, of people who are minority. And what are the likelihood that you're going to be friends with somebody who's not? Right. You know, like if I grew up with a white family uh, as a white person in a white family and my town is white and five people move in two blacks one hispanic one arab uh and one indigenous Mm -hmm. what are the chances that little timmy little donna is gonna be friends with their those kids (laughs) yeah you're right you're right about that you know like if you were in more of a a mixed environment then yes because you'd be so used to seeing blacks and and chinese and and all sorts of uh, of people so i do think there's that one aspect if your environment through that way and then it also could be the way you're brought up right right you could be brought up by some racist ass people yeah that's definitely true. right and they could be telling you no mess with these black n words yeah Dang, nothing but a bunch of whatever yeah, feeling yeah. insertable. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's also the reason. And for some people, it's a situation of ignorance is bliss. They don't want to know. I don't and know. That's why you... privilege, right there, right? Right. I don't know. Oh, God, what what is wrong with my brain today? <laughs> it's not working. 
Jane. Jane? Ah. Anyways, there was um, this lady. Uh, she's actually very popular, very well-renowned. And I'm sure a lot of um, um, people listening will know who I'm talking about. She did a, back in, I believe, the 70s, she did an experiment with children to oh, yes. um, discuss about race. And she mm-hmm. t- turned innocent little children into like what the heck mm-hmm. <laughs> children mm-hmm. um so i believe somewhere in the 90s there was a um a speaking engagement which she was a part of and basically she was just saying uh, how many of y'all know what it's like to be black in america and everybody put their hand they like they, it was more so like do you see what's happening to black people in america do you see right. do you see it and they would raise her hat. And then she's like, so why are you okay if you see it and you're okay with that, but you wouldn't want that to happen to you? Mm-hmm. And the room mm-hmm. was quiet. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's a way of kind of like, you know, calling them out. You know, some people know. You know what's going on. You blatantly see it, but you choose to remain quiet. Yeah. yeah. Maybe because you're too comfortable. Yeah. Or maybe because you don't want to ruffle any feathers. Or maybe yeah. because you don't want no trouble. And it doesn't inconvenience you, so it doesn't exactly. matter. Well, it's yeah. not my problem. I'm white. I'm okay. Yeah. You know? So, uh, and I'm all about ruffling feathers. I'm always ruffling any type of feathers. I don't care who you are. I'll yeah. ruffle some feathers. <laughs> so, <laughs> but for some people, they're just they're just comfortable in that, in that bubble that they're in. And anything that is that threatens that comfortability they mm-hmm. want to stay far away from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right so i, I think mean that. that makes sense because naturally that's what we want to do right as humans we want to kind of stay within our comfort zone mm-hmm. because we don't want to deal with anything that scares us or whatever but at the end of the day if you are fearful of something something kind of makes you uncomfortable that's normally a good thing That means that change is going to occur. Life is progressing. You can't stay stagnant. Life cannot stay stagnant. So if you are are feeling a little uncomfortable, that's okay. You got to push past that discomfort because something big might happen. Think about the the Oscar so white hashtag. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. If she felt uncomfortable to release that, maybe she was going to get backlash from people on social media, whatever. That's true. We may not be where we are today. So you have to kind of push past that like, uh, insecurity feeling of like self-doubt maybe i shouldn't and just do it That's and true. there will be people there to support you and then you may spark change and there'll that- also be people that are going to come against you 100 percent. yeah there's never going to be a hundred hundred percent of people in your corner but right. you gotta you gotta they'll do anything to tarnish out. you or to ruin your name or so you get to opposite ends of the spectrum there are yeah. people who will jump on your bag wagon there's others who'll try to burn it so not easy nope not easy but i also wanted to go back to what you were said you said something about um if you don't see oh that you said that people might not feel like oh i could do that because they don't see people that look like them being represented and that reminded me of um uh, lupita nyango I remember I saw a quote somewhere. She said something about she didn't even know that she could be an actress because she didn't oh, see wow. any actress or actress oh, that looked wow. like her. And I was like, wow, could you imagine if life kind of stayed the way that it was, especially back in the day when she was younger and she never saw 
anybody that well here's like the her, thing she would never lupita and i feel like it, this is now more so um the hollywood's interpretation of black people mm-hmm. and, and hollywood's criteria of what a black person should look like mm-hmm. and i almost felt like back in well especially when i was growing up and i'm sure lupita had the same thing but a black person consisted of a fair complexion right so oh, if yeah. you want to look back you, you're looking at like Halle Berry yeah you're looking at um like the first uh, Miss America or whatever she was Vanessa Williams you're looking at more the fair yeah. complexions the 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 either mixed yeah. black person yeah. that was a black person now look at Halle Berry then look yeah. at Lupita Right. To Hollywood, the definition or the view or perception of a black person was this, uh, Mm -hmm. a Halle Berry look. Mm -hmm. Right. A fairer complexion. So I will agree with her on that in terms of a darker skin girl. I didn't see it. Right. I didn't see it. Maybe others have, but I'm just like, I felt like growing into my teens, that's when I started to see more and more darker complexion people. Right. From models to actors and actresses. But that was the, I, I I completely understand where she's coming from because it was a fairer complexion black person. Right, right, right. That is a very good point. That's, and it's a shame that people don't see that, that you can impact these children that are watching. That's why I'm always pretty much almost every episode we're probably going to end up doing. I'm going to bring back to the kids. I'm very yeah. passionate about the kids <laughs> and that these children, these kids will become adults mm-hmm. and you will have an impact on these kids. That will impact them as adults and what they can do with whatever talents they were given or how they affect society. So we need to make sure that these children feel safe, that they feel represented, that they feel Definitely. good in their space so we can we can propel them into being good adults yes. and good human beings. Yes. So they need to be represented. It's just yeah, it's, I, it's, I it's, it's frustrating. I don't like the fact that it was a... a a fair complexion that was representing for all black people, which I, I do find fair because I agree. we are in so many different shades. I agree. Right? Um, like for me, when I was growing up, I was thinking like Naomi Campbell, right. Tyra Banks, right. you know, like I'm just like, I'm literally trying to sit down and think who, and I'm really having a hard time thinking who would have been of a dark complexion. And I mean, again, back in the 90s to the early 2000s mm-hmm. you know um and I, I i get it so when when we see more different complexion blacks it's great to see i think it was maybe it's a mix of colorism with uh also a sprinkle of sexism because maybe i would see a darker person in a male because i'm just yeah kind of going back in my head and like maybe i won't even call him dark but he wasn't like a Tyra Banks, and I'm thinking like Eddie Murphy, mm, you know, like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But when it comes to black women, I'm, listen, I don't know what's going on with my brain, but I'm just really trying to think honestly hard. Um, and I think also there was preferential treatment in Hollywood for fair complexion, and it's not just Hollywood in rap culture in hip-hop urban culture i shouldn't mm-hmm. even say rap but even like things like r&b a lot of the models are between light skin to white oh yeah well i think that comes down to you could even bring it further into just the black community period right 
where lighter skinned uh, complexion people, women, men, does matter, are held up higher on a pedestal than darker skin complexion, which is right. wrong. There is that yeah. colorism within the community in and of itself. Yeah. So when you bring it back into media and all of that, like you said, rap videos, whatever, that's going to reflect what's going on in the community, period. So yeah. that's that's wrong. You should not feel, and that's why I was so happy when Lupita Nyong'o she um, released a book about loving your dark yes. skin and all we that. Because I was the like, book. I have the book. It's a beautiful book. Yeah, it First is. Of all, the illustration beautiful. I know beautiful. I I, uh, I definitely suggest any black parent. I you know what? I should know the name of this book. <laughs> But you know, or something. I don't know. Yes. I don't know how to yes. pronounce it. I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce it either. So I just kind of like, I'm just going to just roll with it. My daughter doesn't know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> so I just, <laughs> you don't know how to read. So I'm like, that's what that says. That's what it says. <laughs> um, but it's a beautiful book. It's a beautiful story. And I'm, sh- and I feel like listening to her story because she did mention it in, t- in an interview that growing up, she didn't believe that she was beautiful. Right. Being a dark complexion. And she used to wish that she wasn't dark anymore. Right. And that, honestly, that made me sad for her. I really, I, but I can't sit here and say that I, 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 I don't know what that's like. I never had that for me, but I, I know I could understand because being black and being in a predominantly, you know, white area, you, mm-hmm. you, I could, I could imagine why people or, or black girls or black boys would have these questions. Yeah. Right? I never, I was okay with the color of my skin. I was like, Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm cool. I'm great. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think it's a great book. It's, um, um, a, a book that you can definitely have conversations with, with children in terms yeah. of, um, the color, um, and I also would um, suggest this book, not just to like black parents, but just parents. Yeah, you period. have a kid. This is a good book. Um, period. Yeah, exactly. For your child to see. Yes, there are differences, but there's still beauty in those differences. And yes, to the to the bare basis of somebody's skin, whether it is bright and and light like like um white paint mm-hmm. to dark like midnight you know right. there is beauty in it uh i think it's a great book for every parent to have black white chinese yeah. read it to your kids yeah because you could have those conversations and it's an easy segue to have conversations about race and ethnicity and all that sort of stuff and skill skin color Definitely. Because if you go back to what you were saying before about people, maybe white people or those certain white people that make decisions that, you know, the heads of these companies, they lived in a predominantly white neighborhood. They lived a pretty white life. Like they didn't know anything outside of it. Right. Especially for children that are being raised in that kind of environment. It's, I believe, the parents' responsibility in this age, especially now with this uh, Black Lives Matter movement really coming to a head and all of that with all the racial tension going on. Um, I feel like it's every parent's responsibility to teach their child to be anti-racist. And in that anti-racism teaching, you need to teach them about 
different skin colors, different people, right. different ethnicities. You need to introduce that in the home. If right. you're not surrounded by that in your area, in your schools, in your life environment, you need to bring that to them so that when they do get to school, because eventually, they will. if it's not elementary, high school, they will. Yeah. And they're not going to look at those people like, oh my God, like why do you like, like that? Like, no, they've seen that before. They've talked about it before. Everybody's beautiful. All skin are beautiful. Right. And it's not going to be such a shock, a culture shock or whatever to them to see a, a, a different person than they than they are. Right. So. And ultimately we're we what we do to our kids now shapes and molds the future. Amen. So if you want to see a less racist society, then it starts off with you and your kids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you as a white person, you're like, I don't want a racist son. I don't want a racist daughter. Well, you know what you need to do. You need to start having those conversations, planting the seeds and letting them know there's nothing wrong with somebody of a different complexion That's and not right. to hold any ter- sort of um, wrong views or ideologies on these people who are just a different color as you. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. know, that's really what it is. The color, mm-hmm. there's more melanin in black people than there are in white people. That's it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it starts with parents having these discussions and hopefully in the future that will, I don't, I mean, I don't know about the next generation, yeah. but I'm hoping that it will be a less, you know, less racism and more awareness. Well, I feel like now the environment that we're in right now is pretty, it's pivotal. I think that we have an opportunity to, and I don't know your thoughts on this, and this is a whole other, we're kind of going off on a tangent here, but I feel like <laughs> it is kind of pertinent that, um, white people are having a chance to become educated um, in what's going on and what they should be doing and how they are raising their children. Because like I said, I feel it always goes back down to the kids because you have an impact on that future generation by how you raise your children. So if you're able to teach your child by not, and this is, this is a message I like to put out there to my white listeners is that if you don't say anything bad about black people, and you're like, oh, well, we don't we don't have those kind of conversations. We never say the N-word. We don't say anything bad about black people. That's not enough. You need to educate them about black people. You need to educate them about black history. You need to educate them about black culture. You need to educate them and not just not talk about that. Because in that not talking about differences or, oh, I don't see color, that's just going to help continue That's just sugarcoating. You're just yeah. sugarcoating it. You're not dealing with the root of the problem. Yeah, You're just putting some kind of sh- fluff on top of it. Like, hey, we're, we're, we're not racist. We don't have any problem with black yeah. people. It's just a fluff, a yeah. fluffer, a filler. Exactly, that makes you feel good, but in the at the end, it's it's not. You have a responsibility as a parent to kind of move forward and and help change the future. But uh, exactly, yeah, we've kind of gone off on a little tangent there. <laughs> well, that's okay. So bringing it back down to uh, uh, Hollywood and uh, diversity in Hollywood. My next question is: Do you think? Um, that a large majority of roles made for black people help to reinforce negative stereotypes in some way. Let's say my example to you would be um, like the help move, the movie, the help Mm. where yes, that was a good movie. I think it was nominated for, for some awards in that, but it was depicting black women as the help. Oh child. How I feel about this one. (laughs) (laughs) I do think that a lot of the roles that are created do reinforce a negative stereotype. However, 
I do feel like these scripts, these writers are white people reinforcing these yes. negative stereotypes. Yeah. So I don't think this is like black person like, yes, let's talk about. I think with, with the exception of power, and I don't even know power because I don't even watch power, but I feel like a lot of these, these um, if it's not a real life, like based on a true story kind of thing, which I'm like, right. okay, I get it. It's based on a true story. Mm-hmm. But if it's somebody just coming out with an idea out their ass and it's, okay, I'm the writer and this is what we're going to have and it's going to be about this gang and this gang and, like, why are we reinforcing this? Mm-hmm. For a lot of people, they don't want to see these types of things. You know, like, I don't want to go to a movie and it's talking about how black people are drug dealers, mm-hmm. black girls are strippers. You know, like, I don't, I don't want to see that yeah it's just not i think it's just also putting people in a box Mm -hmm. it's putting black stories black artistic creativeness in a box and the box is this is all black people do yeah you're limiting their capability yeah you're limiting like why can't a black person be a detective Mm -hmm. right right we yeah, already, I agree you know, with like, you. Why can't we be, I don't know, why can't we be a ghost? Why can't black people be a ghost? Why do you have to be all white people? <laughs> so true. So white white people. Why, I don't want to be a ghost. Boo. It's true. Or why can't they be the head of the record company instead of just the rapper? Right. Why can't yeah. they run a business? So And it just kind of reinforces that negative stereotype about black people. And me, personally, I'm never interested in, again, only unless it's like based on a true story, but I think the only one I could think of that's not really like negative because it's based on truth is um, the story of NWA straight mm-hmm. out of Compton, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, yeah, okay, I get it because it was the life that they lived and it was yeah. dangerous. I get yes. it. It's about their life, you know, and we know that there are black people who live in slums and the hood, you know, so this is nice to know where they came from and yeah. how they went from literally rags to riches. Got it's it. It's factual. Good. Kind of, yeah. Exactly. But when you're creating a story and the story is, this is Diamond. Diamond is mm. abused, sexually harassed by her father. She runs away, becomes a stripper, meets a sugar daddy, and rides off into the sunset. I'm just like, what the f- Seriously? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and then what irks me is that now that this goes out to the general public this is the image you're giving white people who don't know a lick about black people who don't have black friends who aren't in black environments so when they ever do meet like i don't know if you remember um if you ever remember the 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 show love is blind which is a netflix show yes there was a character on there by the name of diamond and the white guy was like are you a stripper Mm-hmm. I'm like, la, Jesus. So my no, name can't be Diamond and I not be a stripper? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I wouldn't be surprised if he found, like, Diamond was from a movie he was watching about a black stripper. I'd be like, For well, sure. there you go. There you go. So now he meets a real Diamond. Now his question is, are you a stripper? No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was a cheerleader and I went to yeah. school. <laughs> no, I'm not a stripper. But I feel like that's 
the wrong narrative that they like i find some some white people like yeah i watched this movie and i'm i'm sure i'll be cool with black people and they're probably the most awkwardest person you ever mm-hmm. want to be around and you don't want to be around them because they think they know everything about black people but yeah, they don't they think know yeah but they don't yeah. know anything or they think they're like yeah like a part like rap culture like yeah man yo my g and start talking like no you need to calm down just relax yourself cool like down. put that remote down okay you know like cool <laughs> TV down. so it's the wrong perception and like i said if you're not in an environment where you have black culture or even Asian culture or whatever yeah. other culture that is around you and you use what you learn from a movie Oh, you're going to be in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, be- and that's what a lot of people do. And it's not right. It's not right by any stretch of the imagination. L- movie does not reflect real life, right? Exactly. As we all know. But the reality is a lot of people do that. So then the people in Hollywood, those big execs and the writers and this and that, they have a responsibility. Everybody has to own their responsibility to make sure that everybody is well represented. Should we have those stories, like you were saying, NW and all that, of realities of certain Black people? Sure. Like, yes, there are gang members. There are this and that. Like, that's life. There are white ones, too. There are brown ones, too. You know? Mm -hmm. But you have to show the CEOs that are black you yeah. have to show the the doctors that are black and, and and you have to kind of you have to represent real life in that sense like yeah. for me i think i'm gonna sound like such a hypocrite to my friends that know me well but one of my favorite movies of all time it's pretty bad if you think about it it's bringing down the house i don't know if you've seen that movie with queen latifah and steve martin is really freaking funny, okay? It's about Queen Latifah's character. She's a convict. She escaped jail. She's trying to, like, appeal her case, whatever. Mm-hmm. Racist, like, stereotypes, like, up the wazoo, okay? It's crazy. It's a funny movie. But if you really <laughs> break it down, you're like, ah, why does it have to be the big black girl that went to jail because she was framed? And then the, oh, white, the older white movie. man, he's a lawyer, and... Yeah. So uh, movies like that, yeah, they could be funny. Like, yeah, they kind of ghettofied same... Queen Latifah. They sure did. And another movie was um with Kevin Hart and uh, Will Ferrell, Get oh. Hard. You see that movie? Was that Where... a cop movie? That's what was, sorry? Was that a cop movie? I don't no. know. No, so Will Ferrell's character, he was, I don't even know, he was some somebody high up in some, com- I can't even remember what business he was in, to be honest. And something happened he was gonna get in trouble for some like stock issue or whatever and he ended up meeting kevin hart's character and he assumed that kevin kevin hart had been to jail oh get because hard he was black because he was black you see yeah you see you so see? it's things like that that yeah okay it's funny <laughs> but at the end of the day okay it's the white man who's some high up in some companies making a lot of money has nice cars and it's the black man who not only was assumed to be an ex-convict wow. but also uh was struggling financially him and his wife were struggling financially so he helped this white guy learn to quote-unquote get hard so he could be <laughs> ready for jail get you know get get jail ready um because he needed the money because okay. he was a struggling black man. Yeah. Um, so things like that. Yeah. While some of the things would be funny, if you really sit back and look at the movie in its entirety and the concept, you're like, yo, like that's wrong. But Get Hard, I haven't seen the movie, but based off what you're saying to me, Get Hard does seem like a movie that I think most black people could relate to. 
because it's like people have this perception of them. Yeah. And they have to kind of, I don't know, like fake it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, 100%, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's I, like, uh, oh, I'm going to get paid for this. All right. If you're going to assume, I might as well, well get some money. Listen, if, if mm-hmm. money was involved, I guess my name is Diamond and I'm a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> like, how much are we? How much? Um, a million? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Diamond and I'm a stripper. Don't Facts. put me on the pole, though. <laughs> don't put me on the pole, though. Because that might just bait me out. <laughs> I don't know how to feel. like, me. I'll try. I don't know. Give me a sec. Put me on the pole. I'm like, shit, how do I do this? <laughs> Sliding down. You just hear a Are you sure you're a stripper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's me? my act. <laughs> So I feel like get hard is a great way of for white people to know like not all black people are cons. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but a lot of people here's the issue that I have is I'll get the questions of, well then why do black people take these roles? To make money. Th- thank you. <laughs> I mean, like, period. Like that to make money, okay? Um, you do <laughs> you realize need money. thank you. Thank you. And when I hear these, like, so so if you don't want to be represented, why does black people take these roles? Because um, they get paid. Right. Remember, they have mortgages to pay, cars to pay. Some of them even have kids. Hello. What do you want them to do? Mm-hmm. Not take roles? Mm-hmm. Of course they're going to take roles. And sometimes it means, you know, biting, biting the bullet and just yeah. taking a role, even though you may not agree with it. And I'm sure, I am sure you could sit down with every actress every actor and say ask them what was that one movie that you knew you shouldn't have done or that yep. one show you knew you shouldn't have done but you yep. did it because it paid and they'll have true. they'll have that movie i i think the help i think viola said that she did it she ended up regretting doing that role really i think so i have to go back and check but i think she said i wouldn't that. doubt that though uh, she's like I not I later on not at that moment but later on mm-hmm. in life she regret taking that role. It was either her or Octavia that. Spencer somebody. Yeah. Said I feel that like they, they maybe heard that. I feel like I maybe heard that, but that makes sense because well, if you like, really think about it, if you break that movie down, it's kind of like ugh. You know. Really. Ugh, come on. You know. Yeah. So, so uh, I agree with you on that one. <laughs> yeah. But like Kevin Hart, let's say. Mm-hmm. He was somebody who was in quote unquote, and I quote unquote this black movies, and he was one of those actors that transitioned into quote unquote white movies very well into Hollywood, and he was just accepted into regular roles. Yeah. So my next question to you, which I don't know about our listeners or how things are um, in Toronto, but I find here in Montreal um, there are black movies, and then there are everything else right and so my question is what are your thoughts on movies that feature predominantly black cast being labeled as black movies when the majority of movies (laughs) that feature white cast are not labeled as white movies or just movies and here in Montreal those quote unquote black movies are hard to find in theaters they're in select theaters for a select amount of time as opposed to every other movie which are not considered white perception or the thought process that black movies are not going to be successful Mm -hmm. Uh, unless you're tyler perry because tyler perry has sold out Mm -hmm. lots of black shows and movies and i don't care what anybody says y'all could come for me i love medea a lot of black women hate medea a lot of black especially a lot of black men they hate medea the thought of a black man dressing as a woman 
Well, that's portray- their issue. That's on they them. They can't <laughs> stand it. And a lot of black men don't like the idea of black men dressing up as black women. They're just like, just hire a black woman to do it. But I think the, the, the whole mindset is that black movies will not be as successful as every other movies that are generally directed or written by a white cast. Right. So, for example, Tyler Perry movies were nowhere to be found in Montreal. You have to go to Ottawa or Toronto because I remember there was a couple of Medea movies that came out and what? No. Medea's funeral was not in, in any movie theater in Montreal. But you come to Toronto because Toronto is more yeah. heavily. There's a there's a bigger black population in Toronto compared to Montreal maybe it's growing now but Mm -hmm. when I was younger Toronto was where it's at when it came to a black population it still is Mm -hmm. um you if you wanted to see these black movies you are either trying to bootleg it or you're going to Toronto to watch the movie or you're going to that one theater right in uh, Saint Laurent that showed I don't know if you knew that I think it was Guzo. There's a Guzo theater near the um, Place Virtue Mall. Yes. That was like the one place I would always go there if I wanted to see Tyler Perry movies or any other quote unquote black movies because they weren't being shown anywhere else. And I think because in that neighborhood, there were more black people. So they felt comfortable having it there. But I agree with you 100%. I think it just depends on the area that you were brought up with. Right. if you're in a predominantly black area, for sure, they're going to be showing more black movies. If you're in a mixed area, yeah, they'll probably risk, but they'll probably bet or put money on the ones that they feel as though would be a popular movie that people will want to buy and watch. And then if you're in a predominantly white white area, you ain't seen any of that because they yeah. think their mindset is, well, who's going to want to see this? Yeah, exactly. If I live in a completely white town, who's going to want to see this? See, but that's wrong because it's like when a black when a movie is featuring a predominantly black ca- um, cast, it becomes a black movie, right? Right. But all other movies that have predominantly white cast, which is the majority of movies, they're not seen as white movies. No, they're black just called people movies. are going to see them. Yeah, Latino people are going to see them. Chinese people, Japanese, like everybody's going to see them, and that's okay. So why is it okay for minorities to go see a white cast and be and relate? As far as Hollywood's concerned, they're supposed to relate to that, but white people can't relate to the quote unquote black movies. That never made sense and doesn't make sense. To yeah, me. I don't know why that would be, why it would be like that. I would think that, I mean, every movie has a message in it or something that you can relate to. Right. I mean, like if it's Medea's family reunion, I don't know if you could relate to Medea because Medea. Yeah, she's a little extra. <laughs> She's a little extra. She's a whole lot of women. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I, I feel like other movies, there usually is a message behind it that yeah. I feel like you should be able to relate to. Yeah. Like, for example, maybe not in this specific environment, but the movie Precious mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be the slums or a ghetto. Right. But maybe you could relate with the fact that she was being abused by her mother. You know, that kind of relation, you know, like there are those type of movies where, oh, I could relate to that uh, because my mom is also very abusive or my mom is a drunk or, you know, like some sort of relation to that end. Yeah. You're being represented in some way. Yeah. There's something that you can connect with. Yeah. Yeah. 
It's true. You're right about that. But talking about representation, um, do you remember growing up feeling that you were represented in uh, the books that you read, shows no. that you watched, toys no. that you played with? No? Um, when it comes to books and TV shows, growing up, the only black Okay, so let's start with TV shows. The only, mm-hmm. I I was very much into um, superhero stuff mm-hmm. growing up. So Spider Man, um, hmm. X Men. Um, I was very into that. And Learn some new every day. <laughs> Wouldn't have thought that, Michelle. Oh yeah, I was very much into the. Listen, my dad taped T M N T. Am I saying that right now? Teenage the Teenage Mutant, Min- New- yeah. Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes, I was very much into TMNT. Yeah, me too. me too. Right? So the whole superhero thing. Obviously, I'm never going to relate to a turtle, okay? A turtle's green. So there's no representation <laughs> on a turtle then. But for me growing up, I think the only closest one I had was Storm from X-Men. And I remember going, yeah, I'm Storm. And I thought it was so cool. <laughs> you know, like, I can control the weather. Mm-hmm. you know like i whenever i would be playing superheroes i would always be storm but storm was the only character that i had right. um in terms of cartoon representation of a black person now it was a little bit of a stretch because storm is black with white hair right i don't know is that possible right right, right. <laughs> but i mean it was something that we could still relate to um now in terms of books i'm gonna be frank with you no book I have ever read had any tar- sort of black cat uh pla- black character right whether it was a children's book where you see pictures mm-hmm. or in a novel that I read really none of them oh. to, to I just re- like I'm literally trying to think quickly um but growing up I didn't have the books like we have now mm-hmm. I can yeah. literally pull out books we have so many my daughter has so many books about black characters whether they're talking about their hair and how beautiful they are to right. um i just didn't i just didn't have that i didn't have any of that um and now did it impact me i, I can't say that it did but i can't say that it didn't right right my my memory doesn't serve me that well. <laughs> um, <Mom> brain. <laughs> yeah, mom. Listen, when you have one kid, fine. Two kids, just mash up your brain. I'm uh, telling you that. <laughs> I'm screw up at one. Okay. <laughs> Wait to do. But I do feel like it could uh, impact kids if they're not around the environment of seeing representation in them. Right. Because, like you had mentioned earlier, their mindset might be, "Oh, well, I can't do that because." only white people could do that or i can only do for example there's a lot of like representation about or maybe i don't know if it's representation really but people have this perception that asian people are good at math right so whenever there's an asian person in a movie let me just tell you they're good at math they're just smart right so now what that does is well i can't be smart right only asian people can be smart yeah right so I do see how it can affect yeah. a little black boy or a little black girl. Um, and I'm sure maybe to some degrees it did affect me. Um, but if we had more representation, I think it would help these kids have 
Well, I mean, I see it now, but if there was more representation when we were growing up, I think there would be a lot of kids that would feel like they can do this and they're not limited to being a rapper. Right. Right. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't have their limitations set for them based on what they saw or a basketball player. Yeah, exactly. Agreed. I agree with you. And it's like, it's interesting because you're bringing that, that you didn't see it but you can't say it did or didn't affect you. I think that you can argue that they, it may have affected you at a subconscious level. That's true. That's true. Um, whereas for me, I remember not feeling represented, but for my situation, it's a little different because I just felt I wasn't represented and wasn't seen, period. Walking down the street, whenever I saw a mixed person, I was like, oh my God, like you look like me or you're like <laughs> me, like, oh my God, you know? Um, so for me, I remember not having that and if mom you're listening i'm sorry if i forget because like michelle i have a bad memory i don't remember having books <laughs> that represented me i really don't remember that i remember that my mom got a doll that kind of looked like me mm. she was kind of like racially ambiguous which i guess i kind of look racially ambiguous so it's kind of like oh i remember liking that doll because mm. it didn't it wasn't your typical white doll because I couldn't relate to the white doll but I also couldn't relate to the black doll because Mm -hmm. I wasn't as pigmented right as Mm -hmm. the black doll so I remember having this kind of like beige doll and I was like oh my gosh she kind of looks like me it's cool and I think she had curly hair like me and I, I and I remember vividly that doll but I don't remember any books um, I definitely don't remember any TV shows or, or movies that had any other mixed kids um, that look like me. So I didn't feel represented at, well, at all. So it's funny to, to, not funny, but it's interesting to hear your perspective compared to mine, where mine was completely, I was aware of it at the time, like, oh, this is affecting me. Where I, and in your case, when you were younger, it may have subconsciously. Yeah, it could have. You. It could have. Here's what my issue was. We, so growing up, not only did I have like little amount of superhero, really the one superhero, um, the dolls that I got were white. And then when I did get a black doll, the black doll just pretty much looked like a white doll, but black, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? Like the hair texture was nowhere like mine. Mm-hmm. Like my hair texture is not straight. Right. You know, like it has kinks. So I was like, oh, it's a pretty doll, but it doesn't really represent me. Right. 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 And I just kind of. You're absolutely right. It looks exactly like the white dolls. The features are exactly exactly the the same. same. Right. Yeah. And then the hair texture, the same as Barbie. Right. Like, yeah, her name is Chrissy, but she looks like Barbie. It's just, (laughs) you know, like, (laughs) you know, like, and now I find now. Well, maybe now because I'm a parent, but I find that you could find a, a different array of dolls. Yeah, absolutely. They have dolls with afros. Yeah. They have dolls that have, um, uh, what's that disorder where you have like patches of, oh, white of skin? vitiligo or vitiligo yeah, or well, something. Yeah. 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 And they have, their, they have Barbies that are in wheelchairs. Yeah. And they, like they have, and then they have bigger Barbies and very skinny, like a boy's bar. Like, oh man, kids these days, they don't yeah, know how they good have, they have. Yeah. It. They literally have a doll that can represent yeah. them. You know, you and can I literally didn't... go out and find something for your child that kind of looks like them. Exactly. And, and, and let me option. tell you, it wasn't hard for me to find dolls for my daughter. She only has one white doll. And it's because she really, really, really loves Elsa. <laughs> oh, my God. We're going to get on that. Oh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Elsa. <laughs> we're going to talk about Elsa. Oh, my 
gosh. But yeah, it's it's just crazy how things were and how they are now or as we were growing up as adults. Because I remember my next question is, um, as an adult or as a child, but we, we kind of touched on the child subject. Do you remember a movie or television show that you felt like, ooh, this is going to have a positive impact on society um, in relation to diversity? Like for me, I'll share my story first, is uh, Annie. When the black, quote unquote, black Annie right. came out in 2014, I was like 24. And that right. movie, I would go see that movie in the theaters, I think three times. And as soon as that movie was available on DVD, I bought that movie. And I, like I said, I was in my 20s, okay? And I was like, this movie is amazing. I want, if I have a daughter, I want my daughter to see this movie. I think that this is great for little black girls to see a positive black figure that who's also a child who's not it's not negative it's not the little child that's like struggling and just staying in her struggle she was struggling but she was positive Mm. she was so like cheerful and positive and everything to me and this is just my opinion everything that everybody loved about the original annie i still found relevant to this version the 2014 version Mm -hmm. um but it was a black girl and it was more modern and i'm sorry the music was 5,000 times better than the original, but that's just my opinion because I know I have some friends and I will not name them out, but didn't like it, thought that it was like a a, a terrible movie because like, oh, you can't make Annie black, but yes, you can. Yeah, yes, you can, do you can make Annie black. Annie is a fictional movie. Maybe it didn't do as well in the box office as the original Annie, but in my heart, in my mind, I love that movie and as a like i said as a 24 year old woman Mm -hmm. i was like yo like this movie is good this is a good movie i'm buying this and i bought it with it with the mindset of when i have kids because i always want to be myself when i have kids i'm going to show this to if i have a daughter hopefully my daughter if a son son i will show this to my children because i think that they need to see children especially Mm -hmm. especially represented in the movies and tv shows that they watch so for me that was like a, a big, big movie. I was like, oh my God. Like I thought, I personally thought I was going to do better than Box you know, Office. I've I never was- seen any. And here's the reason why. I don't like musicals. I can't. Oh, me neither. I can't. Oh, me neither. Oh, the, just breaking out in song. Like I cringe every time. Oh, same. <laughs> like legit, Michelle. The same. I hate musicals <laughs> i think they're terrible and i love music and i love movies don't put those two together, together no, exactly you. i'm not about that life nope. like keep that moving but something about just i wanted to go see the movie just to support it right because i'm big and like when i see um movies that maybe have some negative you know connotation to it people are hating on it because it's a black quote-unquote movie because it's a black revival of annie i was like i'm gonna give i'm gonna give my money I want to put my my numbers into their you know bo- into yeah. the box office. So yeah. I went to go to just for that, and I was like crying in the movie. I, was like, I, just <laughs> I just love it so much. And then I told my other friend, I'm like, Oh, Stephanie, we need to go see the movie. And we went to go see the movie. And then I can't remember. I'm pretty sure I saw it a third time because I was like, I love this so much, and I'll just give my money to them. So that's why I went. I didn't go because I love musicals. I was like, Okay, I'm gonna go to support 
this right. effort of getting this version of Annie out. Mm-hmm. But girl, you need to give it a try. Okay. I know you hear musicals, but the the songs are so <laughs> good. I still I'm, listen, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, Spotify kind of catches you when you go on that like most played of 2015. Wow. I got any songs in there, so I'll be driving. I'm like, that's so tomorrow. Yes, like I love. <laughs> well, to be fair, I'm a big fan of Jamie Foxx, so I'm hoping that uh, when he came on board, that he kind of revamped it a little bit add some soul mm-hmm. to that thing so you know what I, I i don't know i don't know what i think the big thing was that i don't like musicals like and so i was like i i want to support i can't sit and watch musical but i think I now do. i'll sit down and i'll watch it and i'll see um see how i like it and if i like it and if uh, you do shame on me <laughs> i know i'm so bad <laughs> For you, man, I, you, you, you know what I'm gonna say, okay? Like, I know what you can say. You know, you know. Everybody's thinking. Go ahead, say it. That's why I didn't say it. Go ahead. Wakanda forever. <laughs> I have climbed to the height. Okay, I wouldn't. Oh Lord. But Black Panther, and again, I'm a huge super... Listen, okay? When Marvel came out and we did Captain America, when we did Iron Man, when we I watched them all religiously. Just because, again, I'm a superhero girl. Like, I like That's right. Um, superheroes. I also did the same thing with, like, X-Men and everything. And at the time, I believe, with X-Men, it was Halle Berry who was playing Storm. Yeah. But it wasn't a storyline on... Like, she just played a character, a piece in the X-Men series. It wasn't about her storyline. So when we heard about Black Panther, well, when Black Panther first introduced, because he gets introduced into um, uh, one of the events, no, um, Captain America. In Captain America's movie, we see the Black Panther. He's one of the characters in the movie. Um... And so we see him there and it's kind of like um, the thought process is wouldn't it be nice if that character who was just specifically a character in that movie would have had its own movie. I was really rocking with Black Panther. I was really into T'Challa. And so when they announced that they were going to take him and he's going to have his own storyline, I literally gasp i was like (gasps) what (laughs) because for a lot of black boys and when you watch a movie a lot of black girls too um we finally were able to see black people it was a black cast one two black producer three black writer for black design like everybody was black maybe yeah. you would have like um, a couple supporting so people helping out but that were like maybe white but right. for the most part it was a black cast black production team black extras like black 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 <laughs> and when i found out that um they were going to be doing a movie on black panther I literally gasped because what can happen is it will either sink mm-hmm. or it will swim. And I think a lot of us were scared because we did not want, we wanted it to do so well so that we can just gut Hollywood and say, see, 
Mm-hmm. You can't have a black cast. Mm-hmm. You can't have a supporting role of being prominent black actors and actresses. You can't have black people in a positive light and make the dollars. And let me tell you, it made all of the dollars. Oh, it sure broke did. records and we showed up. Let me tell you, people came up in African gear, came up and showed up, was all dressed up. I saw a video of somebody showing up to the movie theater with freaking jollof rice. Okay? <laughs> they showed up with African food and a movie theater to watch a fictitious African country. Okay? Would you, I'm glad that you write or that you say fictitious because I've heard that some people don't think that it's fictitious. Yeah, people are saying that Wakanda's real. Listen, yeah. Wakanda's real in my head, okay? <laughs> Wakanda. Wakanda, eh? Wakanda, oh, yes. Eh, Wakanda. Uh, <laughs> hey, listen, to a lot of black people, Wakanda meant a lot. And I think a lot of people dreamed of a, of a, of a, a country that had that level of of technology of insight of expertise that was economically strong i think that's what a lot of black people would would love to have absolutely our own country where we're thriving we're you know we're leaders of the technology because if you think about it well if you know the whole story they are um the lead production of vibranium so okay. Wakanda is where you would find vibranium and vibranium is what was used to make all sorts of technology. Um, Tony Starks uses it. So uh, Iron Man, he uses <laughs> a lot of vibranium for his stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. This is the. Yeah. Okay. The nerd in me. Hey, do, 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 do. the more you know. <laughs> We've entered the twilight zone. Do, 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 do. <laughs> um, but when. I think that was a lot of my my biggest fear is like if this sinks, nobody is going to say let's use another black writer black let's not like let's not give them the funds because you they could have now a poster that says this is what happens when you give black people right money it's not right. gonna work right so l- let me tell you it shattered records. It beat. It even beat their own records. So when Marvel came out, all the Avengers movies would would do very well. Let me tell you, Black Panther trumps all of the other movies that they've made in Marvel, from Captain America to Iron Man to all the Avenger movies. It even trumped their own movies. I didn't know that. That's how well Black Panther did. And for me, it was a a um it they were characters that were great for little boys and girls and I know a lot of people were like huh listen uh Zuri which is T'Challa's sister mm-hmm. smart and um I never grew up on Black Panther so I think it's more so people who grow grew up in the 70s because it is act- an actual comic so right. after I watched the movie, I went and I did a little bit of research. And um, long story short, Zuri ends up becoming the next Black Panther, mm-hmm. right? But even in the history of its com- uh, of the comic, you see the progression of Zuri. 
and how she ends up being not only is she smart and she creates all sorts of technology that also shows black girls you can also be I kind of look at Zuri as like a sidekick because if it wasn't for Zuri, T'Challa wouldn't have all these great, amazing gadgets, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? So it's right. kind of like, you know, how you got Batman and Robin where it was like right. T'Challa and Zuri, right? So it shows black girls too. You know, you could be, you could be smart. You could create stuff, right. you know? So there's that. And I think on the other end, there were little black boys who can say that, I could relate to that. I could see that in myself. I am T'Challa. I am Black Panther. And mm-hmm. when I saw all the pictures on the internet of Black boys buying Black Panther stuff, I was just like, this is it. This is it. This is what's going to be talked about when these kids get older. Mm-hmm. They're going to be talking about who is your superhero? Black Panther. Like, yeah. we didn't have that girl. Yeah, you know, yeah. and they have that. And my only hope for the um, Marvel franchise is that they up the antes and they do let Zuri become Black Panther because then Black girls can have that too, right? Well, that's I, what I read is going to happen. That's what that's what the the rumors are. Those are rumors, right? What, yeah, that's what the next the next uh, movie should be. Those are rumors. There's nothing said because the initial screen play was to be centered around Chadwick Boseman, right? Being exactly the Black Panther. Now with his passing, they don't know what they're going to do. And there's a lot of black people who are saying, what was one of them? They were saying, they were like, bring back uh, Killmonger. I was like, no, no, (laughs) we're not bringing back Killmonger. But there was basically like something along the lines of let him not actually be dead and him taking over. I'm like, no, we're not doing Killmonger. No, yeah, he's dead. Yeah. Leave that one alone. Um, right. But I think like, those people can't fathom a female leading this kind of franchise. It's, it's either that or they think that's the logical way. No, Bridgerton, he killed himself. <laughs> Go on to the movie again, okay? Right. He said, I would rather be dead. <laughs> and right. kill themselves. So um <laughs> it could be a situation of I don't want to see a, a a female right be uh cast as a superhero role. And I don't see why not. If you can have Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman do that for white girls, why can't mm-hmm. Zuri do that for black girls? Preach, preach. That's facts. Straight facts. That shouldn't be allowed because children should be able to see themselves represented in that kind of a way where it's a powerful figure and exactly. can carry a franchise and like just period like that's it shouldn't even be a question it should just be like okay we're gonna go in this direction now because he's passed away unfortunately we're gonna go this direction and we're gonna give little girls exactly that chance because exactly. little girls little black girls don't have that kind of a figure, exactly so. I agree. So that you know how me. I feel about Wakanda. Rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Let me just yeah. say. Yes, yes. Ay, 2020. Yeah. What an asshole. This is a terrible yeah. year. That was that's a rough one. Yeah. And I I just just gotta say, you left listen, you left a lot of boys and girls, you know, we're a little heartbroken. But yeah. um, yeah. you know, now he's no longer suffering, and that's 
that's the best yeah. thing, right? Yeah. yeah so yeah. I'm. We're all sad to see this happen, and and let me just say, it came to me as a shock when I of course when I opened my what. It was a huge shock when I saw of that. Of course, um, of course. But um, my prayers go out to his wife and family members and friends yeah. who are continuing to grieve this. But he left a he left us a good one, and and I don't just mean um, Black Panther because he has other numbers right. under his belt too. Right, for sure, definitely. Um, he played Jackie Robinson. Yeah. Um, he played so many other good roles. Um, so he was a quality actor, yeah, yeah, he only took quality roles, quality movies, yeah, exactly, a good man, exactly. So, but uh, yeah, Wakanda forever, that's right. Well, speaking about children, all right, this one, this might rough, rough, what is it, ruffle some feathers a little bit. What do you think, Michelle, about gifting toys and books to children of color? that do not represent their race. In other words, what do you think, basically, what I'm trying to get at is giving little black, brown, Asian, whatever, boys and girls, um, white Barbies, white dolls, white toys. If you're going to do that, then it has to be reciprocated. So if I'm going to give my child a white Barbie, you're, you better be, you as a white parent better be giving your child a black Barbie. Yep. So better be reciprocated. Now, I understand the importance of having your own doll. I get it. It's we that's what we have with uh, my daughter. She has predominantly black dolls. Right. Right. Um, With, like I said, the exception of Elsa, (laughs) the only white doll. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm okay with that. You know, I want her to also, you know, you like what you like, too. Right. And and her is more so because she she really likes the character. Right. right. Um. Right. And I'm hoping Disney. Disney, if you're listening, please create a black <laughs> superhero. Maybe you could have like, I don't know, Monique, and she shoots out heat out of her hands. I don't know, but something that I'm gonna agree with you on that one because that uh, black princess, Disney Tiana. That was it. No. I don't. That was not no. it. That was Mm-mm. not it. I didn't like it. Didn't Amaya, like, that, my daughter doesn't like it. I don't like. And I. No. The only thing I liked about it was the witch doctor, and that's because that was Keith. Mm-hmm. Keith. <laughs> Keith is my guy. His voice is so un- iconic. I was like, yes, Keith. Yeah, yeah. But um, the movie I found personally, I thought it was trash. Yeah. Um, but I would like like a a Disney version of a superhero. Like you see, yeah. you guys got Elsa. Can we get a black Disney version of a superhero? And, and I know people are like, well, there are, but I'm like, those are for more of an older audience. Exactly. I agree with you. We need, we need a Mulan. Yeah. We would need, we like need a, a Mulan. Mulan. Yeah, like, exactly. Say, oh, but other, other nationalities, but Mulan, there's Mulan, there's yeah. Pocahontas. Yeah. We, yeah. We need, we need Something like that. There's Moana. I guess the closest I got is Moana, then. But she's, I'm not Polynesian, so. Amen. <laughs> I guess it's Tiana. Like, at this point, I'm like, okay. To... Such a trash. Like, trash? That's a trash movie. It I is. I really, really it didn't like it. I wanted to like it so bad. I was I wanted to say yes, but I'm like, ah, no. It's, it's like, it just felt as though they are like, let's make a, a, a movie for black people so that we they can shut them up. And like even her outfit, sorry, that g- ugly green dress. Yeah. Like the Not way you, you, cute. you, you, I found like 
the way that you guys um spoofed up all your other Disney princesses and had them yeah. all purtified. Yeah, and like then done you, up. Yeah, and then you do what you do, Tiana. Like, really? Yeah. Though? Yeah. And let's not even get into the books. I don't know if you've seen those like Disney princess books where they'll feature like Sleeping Beauty, Snow White, right. Cinderella. Whenever Tiana's in it, she never looks as good as the other ones. They always kind of like yeah. They uglify her a little bit. She, she looks just, a little bit. She worse looks like than a basic movie. chick. Like really? Yeah, I, I'm really not about that life. It, that we could have a whole episode <laughs> off of that princess and the frog. I right. really can't stand that movie. But I'm okay with it. Like I, I understand. I would like. I think parents should have a a mixture, right? Maybe um, for more for people who are of a diverse. Of course, you're gonna have more dolls that are representing your child. But right. also have maybe a few pieces. Uh, now, mind you, Janae, you know what's funny? She does not even play with Elsa. So we have Elsa. But she doesn't even play with it. Mm-mm. <laughs> she's playing with, she. she's more so playing with her black doll or she's playing with her Paw Patrol plushies. Right. But right. Elsa, I don't even know where Elsa is. Honestly. So funny. I'm like, where is Elsa? I haven't seen Elsa in a hot minute. <laughs> so I think it's 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 okay because it's showing diversity with kids. Because if you think about it, these kids are going to go to school. They're going to see kids that do not look like them. And it's a great way to have, you know, more diversity in. Again, it's up to you on the ratio you want. If you're going to have five blacks to two whites to one right. age, that's up to you. Right. right. But I don't see any problem with it. I I kind of agree and disagree with you on that one. Um, for me, gifting toys, books, and all that to my friends, um, my friends that are not white, I try to give them, or friends or family that are not white, I try to give them dolls, books, and that that represent themselves. Um, like family member, I just gave um some books because the daughter they wanted books for the daughter because I was asked like, what do you want? I don't want to just give them garbage. Right. Just didn't sit there, and they said they wanted books. I'm like, okay, hey, books. So I went into bookstore and it took me I think about an hour. I was just going through and making sure that I found the best book for that child and something that represented that child because the child's black. And I wanted to make sure that she was represented in those books. I wasn't just about to give her Madeline or Amelia Bedelia or whatever. I wanted to give her books that represented her. So I gave her books about little black girls because she's a little black girl. And in my opinion, she'll see the white world inevitably because she'll live in, let's be honest, a white world. We live in a white world. So she'll see that and that's okay. And I'm sure she has a lot of other white books. So I wanted to make sure that she had some black books that came from our side of the family. And um, when I was looking into research, like researching this this episode, I saw this uh, this theory of books that you can give your children. There's two types of books. There's window books and there's mirror books. And window books provide a view into other people's lives and experiences that you're unfamiliar with. Okay, so they can help create meaningful connections between the reader and the people from um, another another identity group. Um, that you're reading about. So let's say you're, we'll bring it back to black children reading a white book. That's a window book, right? And then there's mirror books and those reflect to people who they are. So they can see themselves in those books. So that would be giving a little black girl, a little black book. So I feel like there are a lot of window books out there. They're going to encounter a lot of window books in daycare, a lot of window books in elementary school. So I want to make sure that I can gift them 
mirror books so that they can see themselves. I have friends that are Filipino and I try to get them books uh, about the Filipino language or whatever. I, I just try to make sure that I'm mindful of whoever I'm giving predominantly books. I'm a big book person. Mm-hmm. Uh, giving them books that reflect that nationality because I feel like our world, if you're a minority, our world is full of window books and I'm trying to give them mirror books. So for me, gifting people of color and their children, people of color, I try to make sure that I, I can give them something that they can relate to as far as what's in the house. Cause you were saying how you only have one doll that's in the house. That's white. And that's Elsa. Mm-hmm. Same. It's Elsa. <laughs> it's Elsa for me. I'm big on not, and I'm not saying that I'm racist for any of our white listeners. I am half white. Okay. I'm not racist, but well, my daughter fact, is predominantly, yeah, go ahead. Fun fact, you can't be racist. That's right. That's okay. right. Okay. Continue. Okay. <laughs> Thank you, we, will we will discuss about why she can't be racist on another episode, but fun fact, you can't be racist. Anyways, continue. That's right. So my daughter's predominantly black, right? Because I'm mixed and her father is what he's like three quarters black. So she's she's technically more black than she is white, okay? And I <laughs> want to make sure that she has black dolls, okay? I was big about that. I told his side of the family, my side of the family, but my mom already knew my feelings on the fact that she, I only wanted her to have black babies, black dolls. This is not. All right. So one time she got this Elsa doll for Christmas <laughs> from somebody else. And I was like, Ugh. when I saw it, I was like, oh, like, I get that it's Elsa, but I, was yes. like, I, really, I really didn't want to. What are you supposed to do? It's Elsa. I want yes, Elsa. I, I she has magical powers. Like, hello. I understood <laughs> it. So I let her play with it. But I remember this one time she saw Elsa and like the way that she was holding this doll, I was like, yo, no, shut it down. <laughs> She was caressing that long, straight, blonde mm, hair. And it. I was like, no, 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 no. And I told my boyfriend, I think he was out the next day. I was like, uh, swing by Toys R Us and go look for a black doll that looks like a princess. I want her to have a black princess because I'm not about this. Oh, my God. Like, oh, because I remember being, like I said in the last episode, in elementary school, you couldn't tell me that, like, I couldn't be white. I wanted to be white so bad i wanted the blonde hair bluest and i was like i don't want that for her because in my head that was what beautiful was right you're white you have white skin you have blonde hair you have blue eyes no i want her to know that she is beautiful as she is mm-hmm. so no so my my feelings on elsa i was like damn it why like why do you have to like out of all the dolls that you had and at the time when she when she got elsa all she had in the house were black dolls, black Barbie dolls, black right. baby dolls, just black, 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 black. So that mm-hmm. was the first white one. And I was like, yo, you like this white one a little too much. I'm a little like not comfortable with Boy, how man. much you're gravitating towards that one. Cause you're going to see that as you were saying, there has to be um, a balance. Mm-hmm. I, in my opinion, don't come for me people, but <laughs> I just believe as a person of color, you will inevitably see that how we were talking about white people experiencing a lack of diversity how they live in a white world they may not be around white people uh, black people or any other nationality for right. that matter right. um as a person of color as a minority you will definitely i can say for sure 100 percent guarantee encounter white people white things we live in a predominantly white world so the world will take care of that when she goes to elementary school she will have white friends she will see white people she will see white dolls 
I can guarantee you that she will be immersed in that culture and see that culture. So the world will take care of that on its own. And my home, mm. I want to focus on black, black dolls, black Barbie dolls, black books, black TV shows, black, 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 black. Because you're going to see <laughs> enough white. So it's all black. As you like say, black, 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 black in my house. <laughs> and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. So no, I don't. I don't it, maybe it's. Maybe it's the way, maybe it's the way I perceive things, and I'm very like I could literally take information and not let it bother me. So maybe that was me as a kid. I could take it in, and then just kind of let it fall to the wayside. Now, right. in terms of the Elsa doll that you told me about, Let's funny story. <laughs> for Christmas, she asked Santa for an Elsa doll, so I'm Santa, and I bought. Right, it. you are. What I bought Elsa. Santa. I bought Elsa. <laughs> Now, here's the thing. As I had mentioned in previous episodes, my partner is pro-black. Like, hands in the air, fists, I'm black, say it loud, I'm black and I'm proud. Mm-hmm. He is pro-black. Now, when he saw, <laughs> wish she opened up that gift. <laughs> and her dad is there. And he looked at me like, why? <laughs> why? Why would you get her that? <laughs> So I said to him, I'm like, listen, we had a discussion after she opened it. He's like, what, 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 what was the reason? She asked for an Elsa doll. We wrote a letter to Santa. She told me all the things that she wanted. And that was the one that I was able to get. A little bit is my fault, too, because um, I kind of did my Christmas shopping a little late. Mm-hmm. And that was the one thing that was really available. So I was like, okay, Elsa, let's get the Elsa doll. He's like, yeah, yeah but... There's something about this, this this doll. And you know, now that I sit down and I think about it, I wonder where that Elsa doll went. <laughs> I wonder if he took it. <laughs> it's at the Goodwill. Probably <laughs> it's in somebody else's house now because I can't find Elsa. Um, but my mindset more so was like, it's just a car, it's a character, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand that uh, um, you're pro black, and I understand, and I'm with him on that. I understand, I do get it black dolls and i want that for her i didn't have that opportunity growing up so i you know how it is when you become parents you want what you didn't have mm-hmm. right so i did want black dolls that you know represented her my aunts buy black dolls for their grandbabies like i get it but i was just like this is the kind of the one exception though because it's not like elsa's black or brown and then he's like well couldn't you have got moana <laughs> I was like, I mean, I could have, but I didn't think of it, you know, because she kept talking she didn't about ask Santa for it, right? Yeah, and the and the fact that she keeps talking. Oh my God, this girl could talk about Elsa all day, but she yeah. she kept going on and on about Elsa. And I knew that would make her happy if right. I got her an Elsa doll, so I bought the Elsa doll for her. Right. And let me tell you, she was really happy playing with Elsa, and the mm-hmm. same thing that your daughter did my daughter did she was just playing with the hair brushing Mm -hmm. the hair and i was like okay well we're still very like we can you know we'll still have the discussion with her about hair and if if it comes to that because we've always had the discussion about her hair and her hair is beautiful so Mm -hmm. we we i felt like we planted a good seed in her because she'll always say i'm beautiful mommy you know i love so I, I wasn't worried and there was never a doubt and and her dad and and her like I said they have a rap or a song or a poem together 
about mm-hmm. being black and being beautiful and the hair and all this sort of stuff. So I was never worried and I felt comfortable with this is a now a white doll. And since then, like I said, she doesn't ask about the Elsa doll. She still plays with her black dolls. She plays more with her black dolls than that one Elsa. And like I said, we haven't seen that doll in months. Okay. And, you know, I just feel like, it. yes, you can be about pro-black. Right. As long as you plant the seeds into your kids, you know, because you're right. They are going to go out into a white world. Right. And you want them to um, have enough self-confidence that they don't question it. And then the one doll that they get, the one-off that is white, they're just going to like, oh, this is a doll. And then chuck it to the... Yeah. You know, so I was okay with it, right? Yeah. I know my partner was not too thrilled, <laughs> but right. he's just like, yeah, but I mean, I, I get it, but can we have like, I'm like, listen, I can't paint Elsa black, okay? Right. She's yeah. not going to recognize this, like this black doll with blonde hair. <laughs> She's like, ooh, what's this, what mommy? <laughs> that is Blosa. Yes, Blosa. <laughs> But I get it. I love that. They should release that Elsa. <laughs> Black Elsa. Well, there you go. You're talking about the uh, Disney princess that shoots fire out of her hands. That's Blossa, baby. baby. Come on, you should know this. Black Elsa. Blossa. Hello. <laughs> Have you not watched Blossa? I mean, I love that. Let it, uh, Frozen? Hello. Get, get, get it together. Come on. Hello. Um, so. <laughs> So I think it really depends. And I understand if you, you know, as a black parent, you just want to have them surrounded around black toys. I get it. Totally get it. You know, I don't see myself buying another white toy. It was just that one Elsa doll that she has. Um, I pray to God there's no other white superhero that comes out with powers because I'm like, oh, Uh, there will be. She's going to talk about this one too. It's going to happen. But um, I mean, I think it's, it's, I think I think if you're my friend and if I gift your child a black doll, you're not going to get upset with me. Yeah. If yeah. I'm your friend and I gift your child a black book, you're not going to get mad at me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, because, do, well, then. because like the whole point is for you to bring awareness and you to be better parents by educating your white kid, your mm-hmm. Asian kid, your whatever kid about other race. So, Let's say I buy four books and out of the four books, two are your white parent. I buy two black books and two white books. You should not be upset with me. And this is a great way for you to have this discussion with your kids. I agree with you. Right. So you shouldn't be upset with me. Um, I can't control the other way around. I'm I'm a very open. I'm a very logical kind of person where I can I I kind of overthink. I'll 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 definitely say that. Um I overthink things, but I can be to the point where I like, okay, I can understand different points of views. Right. So if I'm a black parent and um I have to uh, uh, I get gifts and I get a, a one white book. I'm not going to be like, why did you get this for me? Right. You know? Yeah. I agree with you on that one. All right. So I want to end 
this conversation on an educational note, all right, for our listeners out there, all right? So we have some knowledge between the two of us. So I want to ask you, what are your favorite shows, movies, books, whatever you want to say, that you can suggest to any of our listeners out there that want to include more diversity into their lives, or even if they don't need diversity because they're already people of color, if they'd want to include something, some some representation of themselves for, for their children or for whatever, whatever it may be. You have any 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 advice for the people out there? Yeah, for sure. Well, first of all, um, anybody who is not black, so of other ethnicity, race, whatever, my first suggestion would be definitely have a conversation with your friends who are and just ask them what are some good books or what are some good movies or anything mm-hmm. you can suggest mm-hmm. um because what i'm giving you is what i'm suggesting and they might have books that they might suggest are even better um so definitely have those conversations it doesn't have to be like hey can you educate me just hey i'm looking for a good book to read right. can you give me something that is you know maybe a black author or something that i can read to educate myself or just to read to enjoy mm-hmm. to support other um blacks latinos whoever have those conversations now on my end in terms of books i've got um the hate you give um which actually was a very popular book that they ended up turning that into a movie which is news to me i didn't even know about yeah they turned it into a movie um i didn't get the chance to watch it but it's going to be on my list. Things to do before the end of 2020. That's right. Um, so The Hate You Give, I'm just trying to remember here, by Angie Angie Thomas. So by Angie Thomas, again, you don't, you can't read the book, fine, get the movie. And mm-hmm. then if you really want to educate yourself on black issues, I would say The New Jim Crow. Um, for you just to kind of have a better understanding of the how the slavery system um, just kind of transitioned into the prison system Mm -hmm. um, and how that's just been like an ongoing cycle. Um, So what happened when slavery ended and now we have mass incarcerations. Mm -hmm. So the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander, those, those two books just off the top of my head are definitely books I would suggest. Now in terms of black, TV shows. I'm just going to go with something a little bit lighthearted. I'm a huge Issa Rae fan. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't know Issa, you know her from, uh, she basically started her life on YouTube and created her own little show on YouTube, the Awkward ba- Black Girl series. I haven't gotten the chance to watch the Awkward Black Girl series, but mm-hmm. I've watched her other projects. Um, so if you want, I think they're still on YouTube, the Awkward Black Girl definitely go on youtube and watch that if not um you all know isa in insecure mm-hmm. um so insecure is really great um just the dynamics of black relationships and i like that because it's in a positive light it does show successful black well successful black female relationships right because so much you know you get the for example the housewives in atlanta where it shows black women as being catty and maybe petty right whereas these ones are like real life like black women trying to maneuver 
um, complicated relationships of friends moving on, getting married, having kids, and how do the other ones feel being left behind? So there's that. And of course, there's also the relationships, dealing with guys and dating. And so Issa Rae's Insecure on HBO, that's the one and only show that I really can say that I watch religiously. Mm-hmm. Now, in terms of movies, if you're looking to educate yourself again on black issues, I would see 13. 13th sorry uh it's a netflix documentary um definitely go check out 13th also check out malcolm x um i'm i'm i also enjoyed selma but it's not everybody's cup of tea i enjoyed it um in terms of you know something more light-hearted um fun i guess uh i would say if you have not watched the show I uh, sorry, watch this movie then and and you're black, then I need to remove your black card. Your black card has been revoked because every black person has seen this movie. Now whether you like it or not, that's, that's you know, it's opinion based, but everybody has seen Love and Basketball. You need to watch Love and Basketball. Like I know it's a little bit of like a chick flick, but it's like a staple black movie, one of the staple black movies. Um so there is that mm-hmm. um <laughs> I would also, I would also say, actually, I would also say Coming to America. If you have not seen Coming to America. That's a great one. Like, it's one that will make you laugh and mm-hmm. just just kind of prepare you because they are coming out with Coming to America 2. I think it's supposed to drop sometime next year. Not uh, Yeah. How many years later? Jeez. I think that was a 93 movie and it's going to be, what, 2021? I think it's a 93. Yeah, it's a long time. But people have been asking for this. With Eddie Murphy still or no? Yeah, Eddie, like the whole cast. I think the only person that's not going to be in there is the manager for McDull. I can't even say it. But Uh, the manager is not going to be in there. But everybody's in there. And there's some new faces too. Uh, What's her name? It's going to be in it. For one, Tracy Morgan's going to be in it. Huh. Leslie Jones is going to be in it, too. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they even have some more people that are going to be in it. That's good. Yeah. That's so cool. those, I would say, did I miss one? Oh, and The Best Man. You need to watch. That's another staple. Yes. The Best Man. And the years later, they came out with The Best Man Holiday. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, you need to. Whew, I, I think I, I they should make a third one because... Doesn't one of them end up getting the the player, the one that we never thought would get married? Mm-hmm. Doesn't he mention he's going to be getting married? I was like, hold on. So does that mean they're making another movie? <laughs> I think so. I'm pretty sure the way that I took the ending of that movie, I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, there's more to be continued. But they no talks about it. So I don't, I'm wondering if it did it do well at the theaters. And if it didn't, that's probably why there won't be a third one. Or contracts, yeah, negotiations, yada yada. Yeah, so, so those stuff. are my movies that and books, like and then podcasts. There's one podcast that I really thoroughly enjoyed, Um it's Jesus and Jalof, and <laughs> it's a, um, it's kind of like the story of or the life of or different topics rather of and their perspective on situations so you've mm-hmm. got yvonne orgy who plays molly in insecure 
mm-hmm. uh, and her friend Lovey 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 Ajayi. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Lovey, if you heard me struggle with your name. <laughs> I didn't. I was just. I was not ready. Um, Lovey Ajayi, which is a writer, and she calls herself a professional troublemaker. Um, love it. <laughs> so you need to listen Reminds to that. Reminds me of you, Michelle. <laughs> yes, I am a professional troublemaker. Hey, love you. Call me. Hey, I am your 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 African sister. Hey, uh, <laughs> I'm not African. I'm not. I, I'm not African. Mm, you know, Paula kind of rubs off on me a little bit, and my partner's African, and. I'm not African, guys. I'm Jamaican. Sorry. Sorry. I'm sorry. Let me just apologize. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, but their podcast, hella, hella hilarious. Very funny. Feels like you are a part of the conversation and you're having drinks with the girls. So um, definitely all those are my recommendations. What about you, Britt? I like it. Well, for me... I'm always, as you guys are going to learn about me, talking about the children. So for me, I have children's books. So my first book is called Princess Hair. And it's, I guess, by Cherie, that's how you pronounce her first name, last name Miller. So that book is talking about different um, hair textures for little um, black girls and how all hair is princess hair. No matter if you have curls, coils, if you if you straighten your hair, braid your hair, you always will have princess hair. My daughter really likes that book. Um, another book I got actually during this whole pandemic and like <sighs> world that we're living in now, I was introduced <laughs> to this book called Teach Your Dragon About Diversity. And it's by Steve Herman. And it's literally about this dragon. It's, it's a conversation between this little boy and his dragon. And the dragon wants to learn about diversity and why people are different in that. So it discusses about the differences of all different cultures, uh, food, and and just the way that they are. I really like that book. I don't think this is a very well-known book. I'm pretty sure it's an Amazon book because I got it off of Amazon. But um, yeah, I've never heard about this book. I'm gonna have to check that one out. That sounds interesting. If I if I remember correctly, I think it's an at like it's literally a book that was. Amazon's involved heavily in this book, but it's very good. And then there's another book called All Are Welcome by Alexandra Penfold and Susan Kaufman. And it's kind of like a poem, kind of poetry book. And it's talking about how all children are welcome, no matter what race, what religion, what gender, no matter what, all are welcome in this world. Um, It talks about a lot of different stuff, kind of. It's a good book for for young children because they won't get everything but you're kind of giving them in the message without shoving it in their faces there's right. a not parents. like making them feel like overwhelmed with the information exactly. okay you'll see different you'll see like parents that have uh, kids that have like two dads or two moms one that has one uh, black mom and a, and a white dad and like there's all whatever you can experience all diversity that a child could experience in school or in the world they'll see it there and that all are welcome all are special all are appreciated and then the next book is one of my favorites when I was a little girl and I actually gifted it to a family member a couple months ago. It's called Amazing Grace and it's by mm. Mary Hoffman. And this book, let me tell you, it's about a little black girl who wants to be Peter Pan in oh, the play nice. at school. And she's told that by her, her uh, fellow students that she can't be Peter Pan. Why? Because, because she's a girl? Because she's a girl and because she's black. Hold on. 
yet. Mm-hmm. A little I'm louder. Go get some teeth, okay? I could be what yep. I want to be, okay? Yeah, that's right. And so then it's about her parents teaching her, or her mom and her and her grandma teaching her that you could be whatever you want to be. It doesn't matter if you're black. Doesn't matter if you're a girl. You can be whatever you want to be, and don't let those little kids tell you anything different. So I really, really like that book as a little girl, and I like it now, and I made sure that. I got that for my daughter. And my last book, it's something I always say to my daughter. It's called My Hair is a Garden. And it's by, uh, I'm really hoping I'm saying this name right, Cosby A. Cabrera. And it's literally teaching your child that your hair, it's it's about, and I, and I would suggest this book for anybody who is not black, especially who has black children, anybody who's adopted black children or who is married to somebody or who's with somebody who's black and has mixed race children. It's teaching you about uh, taking care of black hair and how your hair is a garden. And when you have a garden, you have to water your flowers and you have to make sure you have to take care of the soil and that so that your flowers grow. And same thing with your hair. Right. You have to make sure that it's moisturized. And That's all a smart that. way of looking over. That's smart. So I always tell my daughter that when we're doing her hair, I'm like, and why is mommy putting all this product in your hair and all that? Because mm-hmm. she says, because my hair is a garden. Yes. And your Good hair is a garden. So I really, really, really suggest that book. Um, it's one of my favorites that she has. And I actually found out about it a couple months ago. This quarantine has been really great because <laughs> I've <laughs> researched a lot and found a lot of cool things. So those are my picks. Oh, wow. Well, I really enjoyed this conversation that we had today. And uh, I hope our listeners got a little bit more information, a little educated. That's what we try to do in this podcast. Educate and entertain. Yes, with a few laughs and a drink in Mm -hmm. some of our hands sometimes. I got my wine all the time. No, I didn't get my wine this time. I got water. I'm boring, guys. Next time. Well, you know, we'll be uh, wrapping up. So for the wrap up, I will definitely have my drink. Mm-hmm. In hand, because <laughs> we will be talking about everything so far of 2020. So I'm excited for the, our. It's gonna be a, pretty much our last episode for season one. Woohoo! Look at what us. A season it's been. I know it's been a crazy season. A lot's happened in this season. So oh gosh, I'm definitely yeah. looking forward to the wrap up. Um. So. Thanks for listening, you guys. It's always a pleasure talking and having these conversations with Britt. And sometimes we get Paula on here, too. So that was great. And don't forget to follow us on our social media platform. So you can follow us on Instagram at A Shot of Melanin. And now we are on Facebook. So follow our Facebook page as well. Um, A Shot of Melanin as well. Nothing, no no fancy letters, no underscore, just straight a shot of melanin on both Instagram and Facebook. You can also shoot us some messages, you know, slide into our DMs and let us know what you thought of our episodes or previous episodes as well. And if you have anger, you can even leave us some voice messages. And who knows, we might have your comments and suggestion on one of our episodes. So Brit. It's been great. Yes, it has. This has been a great episode. I do believe that, you know, representation matters. It sure does. And we need to do, we need to continue 
this trend. We need to make it so that there's more representation happening in movies, in in all aspects, especially movies and and, and TV shows and such, um, because it, it as you can see, it does matter. It does. And side note, just to you know, sum up this whole conversation, we don't want to not include all other uh, ethnicities. Of course not. Any other gender, any other, if you you have any disabilities, everybody, all people should be represented, period. Definitely. So until next time, guys, thanks for sitting with us and listening. And we hope to catch you on our next episode.